Let's give a word of thanks to our worship team, you guys. Come on. You know, in the last two weeks, it's been very interesting. We've been here eight years, and in the last two weeks, two to three weeks, we've had five people in the hospital with major events, critical events. We've had, Ken was in the hospital the other day. Dave Kaler had double bypass surgery. Kim was in a head-on accident. We had a number of folks that were in critical condition. Two of those folks are here today. The rest of them are home, and they're doing well, and God is good, y'all. He's still moving. Amen? See, folks, this is not a game, is it? It's not. God loves us, and he's real, and he's still moving, and he's still working. And I want you to know today that you're not here by accident. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not here by accident. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you look really nice. Go ahead. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> but the truth is, you're not here by accident today. And I've got to tell you, I think from the start of our series on the Holy Spirit, we've called it Filled. Uh, today is the last in that series, and, and today's message is titled uh, Overflowing. And we've talked about how the Holy Spirit's desire, God's desire, is that we're full of the Holy Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit fills us up. But the truth is, He also overflows out of our life, and just like we talked about in the offering, gets on everybody around us. And it's a kind of an amazing thing that God would do that in our lives. And if you look at your scripture today, it's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. And let's go ahead and go through that. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, everybody say more, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to focus and I highlight it in your notes there. It's talking about God. It says now to God who is able to do immeasurably more. That means God can do immeasurably more. You can't measure how much more God wants to do. And more is talking about excess. So what that says to me is overflow. God's wanting to do more than we can ever imagine in our lives is what he wants to do. That's incredible. That means every person that is adopted into his kingdom, into his family, God has a plan for your life, and he wants to do more in your life than you could even imagine or think. You know, there's some of you that are here today that God's done more already than you could ever imagine, but he still has more to do, and that's that overflow that we talk about in our lives. Well, I bought today a, a illustration that I wanted to show you. This is beautiful, isn't it? It's my color. It's very nice. And uh, this, uh, this, um, this bucket here measures your capacity. I want you to imagine for a moment that this is your life. Isn't it nice? This is your life. And, and your life is measured by the capacity. And we're talking about God doing more in your life. So if you're looking at this, what would you say is the capacity of this? Just Is it the top, the middle? Where's the capacity? the top. That's right. If, if you were to fill this to capacity, that means it would be filled to the very top. And as we're reading here, God wants to fill us to the top. He wants to do immeasurably more in our life. So he not only wants to fill us up, he wants to overflow out of our lives. But there's a challenge. And the challenge is there's holes in our bucket. And here's the truth. Your capacity in your life is going to be dictated by where the holes in your bucket are. See, God created you to be full to the top and overflow, but if you've got holes in your bucket, 
you're only going to be able to fill up to where that hole is. I can fill this all the way to the top, but wherever these holes are, that water's going to drain down. So the truth is, the capacity that you have right now in your life for God to work through you and in you, and your ability to, to do amazing things for the kingdom, even in your family, in your life, is going to be measured by where that hole is. We're going to talk today about five C's, and these C's are general, but they're going to be areas in your life where maybe you find that you have some of these holes, and we're going to talk about how to deal with those. Uh, let's go ahead and look at your notes this morning. And your first letter, your first no or number one is going to be a C, and that C is confidence. Everybody say confidence. There's a reason that when we start services, I always have us lift up our Bibles. It's not because I think it's cute. I do it because I want you to understand that you are who the Bible says you are. And I know that there are people in this room right now that some of the confidence you have in life, how you portray yourself in life, what you've been able to accomplish so far in your life, a lot of that has been dictated by what people have said about you. Some of you have labels in your life that maybe somebody said you were stupid. Maybe somebody said to you, you're never going to amount to anything. Somebody said you were ugly or whatever, and you internalize that in your life. And the truth is, if you didn't allow God to heal you from that, what happens over time is that becomes a hole. And it begins to erode your confidence because you begin to live by the label that has been placed on you. So if someone told you that you're never going to amount to anything, your confidence is in that thing. And I know there are people here this morning that somebody has said some things like that, and there's a hole in your bucket because of that. Folks, that is a critical area in our life when we begin to look and realize that we are not who others say we are. When we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what's happened, in fact, what has happened is that you have been adopted into God's family, and now you receive his name. You receive all that God has for you in your life. The, the wealth of heaven, the blessings of heaven, the ability of heaven, what we've been talking about, the Holy Spirit inside of you, all of God is residing inside of you through the Holy Spirit, and you are now called his child. The Bible tells us that we are adopted into God's kingdom into his family. Those labels no longer apply to you. You are who God says that you are. So regardless of who labeled you in your, in your past, your confidence now is in who God says I am. You know, we talk about around here that there's no condemnation. The reason there's no condemnation is that when you come into God's family, you're now part of that family. You are his child. And your confidence is in him. Amen? Philippians 4.13, one of the most famous books in the Bible, says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's strength is available to you, and you can do all things through him. So look at number two on your notes, your second C today, is connections or relationships. You can put relationships in parentheses. And I want you to hear this today. You may be one relationship or one connection away from changing your destiny. You may be one relationship or one connection away 
from changing your destiny. And as I was thinking about this point, I was thinking about in my life the different times that I would meet somebody or I I might be at church or I might be at a ball game or wherever I was and I just happened to run into somebody and the course of that conversation changed my life. You're one relationship away, one connection away from maybe achieving your destiny. You know, I think about here eight years ago, Marty called. I got a call from Arkansas. I don't know that I'd ever received a call from anybody in Arkansas. And taking that phone call changed our life. And I think about how the connections that God puts in our path sometimes, we think it may be a small thing. We may think it's not really anything. But those divine connections and those divine relationships change everything. Amen? The next blank is uh, letter C, is competence. Competence, in other words, skill. And, And I want you to understand something. God has given every person in this room gifts and abilities. We are all, the Bible tells us, we're all given gifts and skills. But our job, what we give back to him, is how we better ourselves. How we take what God has given us and improve on that. He's basically giving you raw skill and he's saying, now get better. And I want you to understand today, and this really resonates with me, is that we give back to God what we take on the inside and then make it better. And that's hard work. Folks, if you're not moving forward, you are really moving backward. God has given you different gifts and abilities, but it's your job to begin to work on those things and improve them. And that can be at work, that can be at church, whatever it is, God's given you that gift and ability and he wants you to learn and grow from it. And I want to tell you, that's, that's not easy. It's not easy to want to grow and learn and stretch yourself because the reality is most of us want to coast. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You like to coast, don't you? Let me ask you a question this morning. Let's say you were going in for heart surgery And they gave you the ability, before you went in, you said, hey, who are the doctors? They said, well, there's four doctors here. And you said, hey, I want to see their final exam on heart surgery, and I want to see how they did. I want to see how they did on that final test. And so they give you the test of everybody that was in there, and passing was a 70, and 100 was obviously an A+. And you've got maybe somebody that made a 90, somebody that made an 80, somebody that made a 100, and then there was somebody that made a 70. Who do you want to do heart surgery on you? Yeah, the 100. I don't want the guy that, that as they're putting the mask on me and they say, count back from 100, and you go, 99, 98, and he goes, well, I hope this one works out better. <laughs> right? You want the person that's competent. You want the person that has shown themselves to work hard. As a matter of fact, the scripture talks about this. Look at 2 Timothy 2.15. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately handling the word of truth. Now, in this situation, he's talking to Timothy, who's a pastor. And he said, Timothy, as a pastor, you need to be diligent. Work as a workman that shows himself to be approved. But I want to tell you something. That goes into every area of life. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, you're supposed to be diligent. Wardell should be the best chicken rancher there is. 
You know, we should be Sean as he's working for Arkansas Game and Fish. You need to be the best you can be at that job. Those of you who work in law enforcement and hospitals, firefighters, you need to be the best you can be at your job. Why? Because you're, you're saying to God, you've given me gifts and abilities, but I'm going to work hard and I'm going to show, Lord, that I'm being diligent and that I'm improving on what you gave me. And that brings honor to him. And it also makes you more effective in the kingdom. Amen? Let's look at number four. Character. Character. Talent will take you to the top, but only character will keep you there, guys. The truth is we all know people, and athletics is just an easy way to look at. People that get out there and they have a lot of natural ability, but their character is not very good. And you especially see it in the collegiate and pro levels where they begin to, maybe they're a great quarterback or running back, whatever, but they make millions of dollars. And a couple years later, you don't hear from them anymore because their character was not able to hold them there. And they began to fall apart. Their talent was great, but their character didn't match their, care, their talent. And that's a hole in your bucket. And, and the truth is today, if we were to go around and maybe you and I were to sit down and talk about some of the relationships or areas in your life where you have challenges and you realize that there are some holes in your bucket when it comes to your character. And those things can destroy you if they're not dealt with. I want to show you something in scripture that I think is very important. I want to camp out here for a minute. James chapter 5 verse 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be what? Healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, many of us have focused on the second part of that scripture, haven't we? You've heard the scripture, if you've been to church any period of time, that the effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. We all understand that. But the first part of that says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, notice here, I want you to get this. It doesn't say confess your sins to one another that you may be forgiven. We confess to God for our forgiveness, but it talks about in some areas of your life, you need to confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I think that's a very, very powerful statement. The truth is, God created us in the kingdom is to need each other. The Bible tells us that that when we fall down, we need somebody beside us that can pick us up, somebody that can come alongside us in times when we're weak and help us and pick us up. We need people in our lives that we have given the ability to speak into our lives and point out areas of weakness. There are people in this room that I have personally given the ability that I say, look, if you see a hole, you need to talk to me about it. I had a conversation this week with a dear friend, and we were talking about historically in our lives as leaders that there have been people that when we saw weaknesses in their life, instead of confronting them, we wouldn't do that, and we thought that we were being kind to them by not confronting them. And he made this comment to me, and it really hit me to the core. He said, you know, I've learned over the years now that when I see the holes in people's buckets and I don't say anything about it, what I'm doing then is showing how much I don't care about them. The Bible tells us 
that God disciplines those he loves. Just like we discipline our children, God disciplines us. And he doesn't do it to be abusive. God disciplines us because he loves us. And he wants us to be better. And what he is in effect doing is saying, look, you've got some holes here and we need to deal with these holes. Because if we don't deal with these holes, it's going to mess up your life. You're not going to be the husband you want to be, the father you want to be. In my case, the pastor that you want to be. And it's the same for every one of us. And folks, we're not doing each other favors when we don't point out the holes in each other's lives. And I would say this to you today. If you don't have people that you can talk to about areas in your life, people that you let in to look at you, you're making a grave mistake. Here's the truth. We all have holes. We all have holes. And Jesus knows it, but you know who else knows that when we have holes in our lives? Those around us. Other people notice when we have holes in our lives. How many of you have uh, ever been around a group of teenagers for any period of time? Okay. How many of you have ever been around a group of middle schoolers for a period of time? How many of you have noticed that there's an odor that accompanies them? <laughs> right? They're, you know, they're kind of at that place where they're growing up, and they, but they haven't learned it. You know what I'm saying? And now it's kind of like, okay, take a bath. Right? I was lit at a meeting the other day, uh, the band, as you guys know, this week for spring break, many of you know that our high school band is down in Florida. They've been asked to come down to Florida, and they're actually playing for a Disney short film. That's really a cool thing. So they're down there right now doing that. And we're in the meeting, and Mr. Bruner gets up and says, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go on this trip this week, and what is really important, and the first number one thing was wear deodorant. And then he begins to say, I've done this a long time, and driving 15 hours on a bus, bus with people that haven't worn deodorant is horrible. And this was genius, by the way. This is what he did. The first event they did when they arrived this last few days was they went to the water park. <laughs> he said, we're going to arrive at the hotel disembark from the, va- uh, the buses, and then we we're going straight to the water park. He said, you know why? Because you're all getting a bath. Because here's the deal. If you smell, people around you notice it. But it's the same way with the holes in our lives. See, we may think, we may think that we're covering up the holes, but the truth is the people that are closest to us recognize that they're there. And I want you, I mean, guys, if you don't hear anything else today, please hear this. You need to allow some people close to you that can speak in your life. People that can come in and say, look, there's an area that you're struggling here. There's an area that you need help. God needs to be able to minister to you here. Why? Because if you don't, your capacity is going to be messed up. You're never going to reach your full potential. Amen? Let's look at the last C. And it's commitment. Commitment. I want you to hear my heart when I say this, okay? We need to decide we're going to stop being consumers and we're going to start being contributors. 
We need to decide that we're going to stop being consumers and start being contributors. And I don't mean just in church. I mean in life in general. See, it's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. And when we talk about the overflow that God wants for our lives, it's exactly this. God wants to fill you up to bless you, absolutely. But God wants to fill you to bless other people around you also. But that takes commitment. There are statistics out there that say a healthy church has about 20% of the people that attend serving in some capacity. I think that's a horrible number. I think that's a horrible number. Folks, listen. Think about this. Jesus hung on a cross, took all my sin and shame. He's healed me. He's saved me. He's filled me with his Holy Spirit. Not so I could come sit in a pew and sing all the time. He did it because there's people that need the gift inside of you to reach them. In other words, some of you need to begin to say yes to what God has called you to do. And I want to tell you, sometimes that can be as simple as being a greeter or serving in the nursery. It doesn't have to be getting up here to preach. It can be a small thing. But it's something that God's called you to do. And I want you to imagine, in my mind, this is the stuff I think about for our church. I think about what if each one of us decided that we were going to just not always consume, but we're going to give. We're going to serve in some capacity. We're going to give an hour a week or two hours a week. What would happen in our church? And then what would happen in our community? But see, in the modern church, everything's set up to where it's, Come sit and listen, and that's not the way Jesus ever intended it to be. Our job as pastors is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. We're equipping you to serve. You know, I look at the worship team up here. Most of these folks are volunteering their time, and guys, they do an amazing job. But there are other areas that we need people in the parking lot greeting people. We need folks standing out in the lobby. When people come in carrying a baby and they're bewildered and they don't know what to do, they can just say, hey, can I help you? That can be huge. Sometimes it's the small things that make all the difference in the world. But it takes commitment. It takes saying yes. I shared this first service, and I hadn't intended to, but I'm going to go ahead and share it today with you guys as well. Friday night, I was driving down the big hill towards Hardy, going to the grocery store, and a call came over the radio that there was an accident. Over the police radio, there was an accident on Highway 175. And so I listened as they were calling first responders. I was listening to see who was close by. A car had run off the road, a man was pinned in a car, and they thought it was on fire. And so I'm listening to the radio, driving down the hill, going to the store. See, I have somewhere to be. And I wait, and I don't hear a response. And they call again, and I wait, and I don't hear a response. And I want to tell you guys something. It was in in that moment that I sat there and I literally had my finger on my warning light button to turn it on, to respond. And I thought, well, this is inconvenient. And the Lord said, really? And so I grabbed my radio and I called and I drove out there. I was the first one on the scene. 
when I got back home, as I was driving home, the Lord and I were talking. And he said, what if you'd have said no? What if you would have said no? What if helping that man was inconvenient? What if helping that young child somewhere is inconvenient? What if it costs me something? It's a hole in your bucket. You know, we, we drilled these holes on purpose today. One is low, but the other one is high. And the truth is, this is about 90% capacity right here, isn't it? That's pretty good. That's an A, right? But as I was thinking about this hole right here, so you still can't overflow if there's a hole right here, what happens, what happens in life when we don't say yes? Who doesn't get to hear the gospel? Who doesn't get to hear that God loves them? When we say no, what happens? When we don't respond, what happens? Folks, this is what I believe. God has called each one of us to commit. Because of what he has done for us, we commit to him. And you know what? The little we can do doesn't compare to what the, the lot that he's done for us. And I would ask each one of you today to really examine your heart there. Really be honest with yourself. Where are the holes in your bucket? Are you willing to allow God and other people in to begin to deal with those holes? Because I want you to know something today. It will make all the difference. I'm going to close with this. In your life, in your life, you are only going to be as strong as you are honest. I'll say that again. In your life, you're only going to be as strong as you are honest. I've been blessed to allow people into my life that can speak truth to me. It has been probably one of the greatest blessings in my life. And sometimes the words they say may hurt me, but they're for my good. Because they realize I've got to deal with the holes in my life, and so do you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word today and the simplicity of your word. Lord, this is not too hard for us to understand. Lord, it's such a simple word. We all have challenges, Lord. We all have those areas in our life where there's weakness. And we know that your desire is to, to fill us up to overflowing. But we have to be willing to face our fears, to face those areas of sin in our life that maybe we've tried to keep hidden from everyone else, but they're blocking us from being the person that you want us to be and the person that we want to be. Lord, when you came and you stood in the temple, you said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And 
I've come to set the captives free. If that's you today, if there's a hole in your life, if your heart is broken, Jesus said he came to heal you. Or maybe you find yourself today in a prison. Maybe it's a prison built by your own hand and your sin. Maybe it's a prison that other people have set, but Jesus said he came to set you free. Free from addiction. Free from your past. Free. He's covered it all. I can think of no better way than today to get that right. So you're not here by accident. He intended you to be here today. If you're here and nobody's looking around, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've got some challenges. I've got some things here I need to deal with. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. I see them. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to be in a hurry this morning. Some of you that raised your hand, I just want you to come stand down in the front of the altar, and I just want to pray over you. We're just going to take a moment. We're not going to be in a hurry. Just step out and come on down in the front. those of you that are in your seats and you've dealt with some of those challenges or issues in your life, but this morning you just want to pray for those that are up here. I want you just, where you are, I want you to just pray for those. These folks are doing a really brave thing this morning. So let's just take a moment. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed His grace is greater still And all of your wrong choices He's full of mercy He is ever kind His arms are open wide You can come as you are With all your broken pieces All your shameful scars The pain you hold in your heart Just bring it all to Jesus you can come as you are louder than the voice the whispers you're unworthy hear the sound of love the different story shattering through the darkness pushing through the lies how tenderly he calls you his arms 
disciples looked at him and said, hey, Lord, are you going to now establish the kingdom? They thought he was going to kick the Romans out and 
bring the kingdom of God in that moment. And Jesus said, that's not for you to know. But you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. The same power that we've been talking about that fills us and works through us and touches the lives around us of all the people that are hurting and broken. And I think the greatest miracle of all is a changed life. A broken heart that he heals. He heals our hearts and minds and our bodies. He does all those things. But when he steps in in those moments and changes our lives, it's incredible. Are you thankful for that? I know I am. Let's all stand this morning. Do me a favor. Grab your neighbor's hand. As always, there's Germex in the lobby. <laughs> Father, thank you for giving us a church family, Lord, that loves each other and prays for each other. That, that, Father, I pray you would open our hearts today and that as we begin to open our lives to others, that you would heal us, Lord, and help us to walk in the fullness of who you've called us to be. As we leave this place today, we're walking out into a world where there is a lot of darkness. But Jesus, you looked at us and you said that we're the light of the world. So as we leave this place today, Lord, help us to shine into very dark places and point people to you. In Jesus' name, and God's people say, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Hey, Pam, are you in here?